Good morning. We're the few, the proud, the Marines of the, the Army of God. We're the Marines of God. We've been beat down. <laughs> Some of us are, have been broken and bruised and battered, but we still get up and keep fighting because we're in an army and we cannot, or we're in the Marines. We cannot lay down. We cannot quit. We got to keep on because we're on the battlefield for the Lord. We're on the battlefield for our souls, for our salvation, for our faith. we got to keep pressing on no matter what comes, no matter who comes, no matter who goes, we keep marching on. doesn't mean that it's easy, but we don't give up. We don't give up and we don't give in. we got to be strong in the Lord. And sometimes we have to even encourage ourselves in the Lord, just as David did. We don't always need somebody else. We've got the Word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's enough to keep us empowered and encouraged. Amen. So just pray for those that aren't here this morning. Sickness again is still taking place in in our church, in our communities, in our workplaces. People are sick. There's things going around, but it just tells me that we're closer to the rapture of the church taking place. And I'm looking forward to the day when we don't have to deal with any more sickness, any more sinuses, any more body aches, any more tiredness, any more devil, the world, or the flesh. It'll all be gone, and we'll have victory 100% and salvation as never before in our life. So we that are redeemed should praise the Lord today and be thankful for what he's done in our life. He's brought us through many trials, tribulation, and tests just to bring us into the kingdom of God so that we can see many more souls brought in. That's the purpose of what we do here this morning and tonight is to bring souls into the kingdom of God. And for those that are already saved, it is to equip us, to encourage us, and to teach us the word of God, how to live a victorious life. Because there's no place... There's no greater place to be than living a victorious life. It doesn't mean there won't have things happen and things to try to oppress you or get you down, but having victory over everything in your life, that it doesn't rule you, it doesn't dominate you. That's where I want to be in that place, that I'm not ruled by things of this world or by my flesh or or things that the devil throws my way. I want to be strong in the Lord. And it comes by a relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing who he is and what he did. Come on in, Roger. Better late than never. Amen. He doesn't mind being being called out. He's a a good sport. He says, if you dish it out, you better be able to take it. Isn't that right? And I can. I tell people often, they'll say, oh, I'm sorry if that sounds good. Look, I'm not easily offended. I'm not easily offended. Years ago I was, but now it's like, it's not that way. It's like, what are you going to do? Grace always says, what are you going to do? Keep on with the Lord. So let's welcome the power of the Holy Spirit into the service this morning. And and we'll pray and welcome him in and thank God for everything that he's done. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you, Lord God, for everything that you've done. 
Lord God, we thank you for the power of your spirit. God, we welcome the power of the Holy Ghost into this service this morning to move and work in your people through the camera, Lord God. Those that are watching, Lord God, that you would touch them, move in them. Anoint everything that is done that Jesus Christ would be seen, that he would be lifted up. And we pray for those that are out sick, God, that you would touch their bodies, move in them, and heal them, God. If you use the doctors or medicine, God, heal them in the name of Jesus. And we'll be careful, Lord, to give you all praise, honor, and glory for that healing that is taking place right now. We thank you, God, that you're anointing the songs that have been chosen for this morning, the the singer, the musicians, Lord God, the preaching of the gospel, and us to hear and receive from you. In the mighty name of Jesus, have your way in here this morning. Amen. They shall lift up their voice. They shall sing for joy. They shall cry out loud and be free. They shall glorify the name of the Lord. It's the blood of the church, the redeemed. Oh, pick up your heart, oh, Zion of the Lord. Let the earth bring forth with his praise. All his children rejoice from the islands of the sea. It's the blood of the church, the redeemed. Oh, and we are in that army of the Lord. We've been washed in the blood, and we are going forth. There is nothing that can stop this mighty moving forth with a shout of praise, a two-edged sword, every stronghold upon it has to fall beneath my feet. Every prisoner held captive must be freed. Our deliverance has come through the power of His Son. It's the blood of the church, the redeemed. Let the earth be silent. All winds cease to blow. Every created being hold your way. There's a new song being sung with a new melody. It's the blood of the church, the redeemed. Oh, and we are in that army of the Lord. We've been washed in the blood and we are going forth. There is nothing that can stop this mighty moving force with a shout of praise, a two-edged sword, every stronghold upon bondage has to fall beneath my feet. Every prisoner held captive must be free. Our deliverance has come through the power of the Son. It's the blood of the church, the redeemed. Let the earth be silent or blow every creative being fold your wing there's a new song being sung with a new melody it's the blood bone the church the redeemed oh and we are in that army of the lord we've been washed in the blood and we are going forth there is nothing that can stop this mighty moving force with a shout of praise, a two-edged sword, every stronghold upon bondage has to fall beneath my feet. Every prisoner held captive must be free. Our 
power of His Son. It's the blood of the church, the redeemed. Oh, we are in that army of the Lord. We've been washed in the blood, and we are going forth. There is nothing that can stop this mighty moving force with a shout of praise. A two-edged sword, every stronghold of bondage has to fall beneath my feet. Every prisoner held captive must be free. Our deliverance has come through the power of the Son. It's the blood upon the church, the redeemed see that again. Oh, and we are in that army of the Lord. We've been washed in the blood. And we are going forth. There is nothing that can stop this mighty moving force with a shout of praise. A two-edged sword, every stronghold upon it has to fall beneath my feet. Every prisoner held captive must be free. Our deliverance has come through the power of the sun. It's the blood upon the church, the redeemed. Oh, it's the blood upon the church, the redeemed. Oh, it's the blood upon the church, the redeemed. And it's the Holy Ghost and fire, and it's keeping me alive, keeping me alive, keeping me alive. It's the Holy Ghost and fire, and it's keeping. told him to prophesy to the dry bones in the valley and the bone began to rise well dry bones in the valley waken ye shall live dry bones in the valley waken ye shall live dry bones in the valley oh waken ye shall live dry bones in the valley a mighty shaking there came a mighty sound the dry bones came together they got up and walked around well dry bones in the valley 
thinking yesterday about the coming new year you know next year lord what you know we need we need you to move we need you to do something mightily and i just i don't know i just felt this in my spirit that there's a there's a ray of light coming the light's gonna shine you know they say those songs the darkest hours just before dawn and when you're feeling that pressure when you're going through troubles trials sicknesses and things like that there's always a ray of light shining. There's a, that we got that light in our hearts. The Bible says, "Well, Jesus, He is the light." But I felt in my spirit that it, that there's something coming. There's a breakthrough coming. I don't, 
I'm not saying economy, government, that, I don't know if that's going to get much better unless the Lord changes things through some people. Now, He can do that. But for us, our, our, our breakthrough and what we need is not based upon the government. It's based upon a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's how we got to start the new year out is following Jesus, listening to Him, amen, letting Him have His way in our heart and in our life. And that's what will make the difference in our life. If we could get all the Christians to quit worrying about this one and this one and this one and this one and just look at yourself and let God work on you, we'd be a whole lot better off in the church. But we're too busy with what's he doing, what's she doing, what are they? And God says, let me fix you. Let me fix you. Don't look around at everybody else. Look in the mirror. Let me Fix you. Amen. And if we all do that, man, the church will be so much better. Boy, we come to church shouting a little bit more because we'd be on fire a little bit more. She was singing that song, Dry Bones in the Valley. You know, when the car, when old car gets to squeaking in the front end and joints all get wore out, they take it in, they say, grease it up. Boy, we need to be greased up. We need some Holy Ghost fire because some of us, <laughs> come on now, your joints are wore out. You're, you're decrepit, you're decrepit, you're, you're, you're rusty, and you need the Holy Ghost fire from heaven to come down, energize your soul, lube you up, praise God, from the ground up. And that's what we need the Lord to do. And I know we got sickness, and my wife said people are sick. Satan's hitting people, we're going through stuff. And sometimes I'm thinking, Lord, I mean, what in the world is going on? I mean, and, and, and God is doing something. I heard a preacher preach a message one time called, What's going on when nothing's going on? What's going on when nothing's going on? God's up to something. And when you think nothing's going on, just remember God is the one in charge. He is in control. And he knows what needs to be done. We're going to take up the offering this morning. It's good to see everybody. You're going to start your new year out right, aren't you? Amen. Tonight we'll be here having church. My wife's going to be preaching, so you don't want to miss it if you can. Somebody said, what are you going to be doing at midnight? The same thing I'm doing every year, snoring. I ain't interested in watching no ball drop, seeing no lights, or hearing no party stuff. I want to be snoozing just like I am every year. Amen. To wake up the same as every, as every year. Praise the Lord. When you when you're hid in Jesus Christ, every day is a new day, and we we should get excited about a new year. We should believe God to do things in a new year. We ought to believe for God to do great things this coming new year. This year has been a pretty rough one, hadn't it? For a lot of people, it has. So we all want to see something new. I want to see something new. I want to see God do something new. I want to see a change in church. I want to see a change in me. I want to see a change in the world. I want to see a change. But it can only happen as we surrender to Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's take up the offering. Those of you watching, thank you for helping us to do what God has called us to do. We have people online that watch us, that help us, and God knows who you are. So thank you, and we pray that God will bless you and meet every need that you have. In Jesus' name, Lord, we come to you this morning. Lord, we want to pray for those that are sick, those that need a touch, those that need the mighty power of God to move in their life. Lord, we pray for them, whoever they are and wherever they are. Lord, that you would go to them, that you would strengthen them, that you would comfort them, that you would give them peace. Lord, we pray for those that are watching that 
couldn't be here today, God, right where they are, that you would touch them, that you heal their bodies, Lord, that you, the power of God, would move right where they are, Lord, and heal that sick body, Lord. Bring them through that trial of affliction. Lord, I pray that you recover those out of the snare of the devil that has tried to destroy them, Lord, with false doctrine, with false ways, Lord, with that which is not of you, Lord, that you would recover them, God, and pull them out, open their eyes to the truth today, Lord. I pray that Jesus would be manifest in this place to your people, to our heart. We pray that you bless the givers today, that you meet every need that they have, God, and supply everything they have need of. And we're believing you for great things to come in 2024, Lord. We trust you, and we give our lives to you today in Jesus' name. Amen.
Come on. 
Let me say that again. Jesus said, because I live, you shall live also. That's what the song means, because he lives. He's not dead, he's alive. Amen. We serve a real God this morning. We serve a God that we can feel. Amen. Who understands us, who listens to us, not as the gods of the world who can't hear, can't see, can't understand because they're not God. Amen. Man has made all kind of gods unto himself. But you know, remember Elijah told those prophets when they were leaping on that altar, he said, cry out to your God, where is he? Where's your answer at? He never answered because he couldn't, because he's not real. But Jehovah answered. Amen. He answered by fire, praise God. Amen. Good to see everybody this morning. Hope you have a happy new year tomorrow. Don't know if you have to work or if you get to lay around and sleep all day or rest or cook or do something or whatever, but pray that you have a good good new start your new year off right. You did it by coming to church today. And tonight we'll be here again, as I said, my wife will be ministering, and so I can't think of any other place to be, you know, uh, rather than church. With God's people, amen, we're all going to live together one day forever. Better get used to being together now. (laughs) Amen. Luke chapter 9 this morning is where we're going to go to. Luke chapter 9. We'll start reading in verse 23. Hope you brought your Bibles this morning. I was watching uh, one of the old crusades last night. I think it was in the Philippines. Brother Swagger, they were showing in a big coliseum. I mean, uh, they showed the, the cameras panned the audience all around that coliseum, and people had Bibles all over that building. I thought, people don't even hardly carry Bibles today. It's replaced with the phone or the tablet. There's nothing wrong with reading the Bible on the phone or tablet, but I still believe in the good old-fashioned way. Carry your Bible to church. Amen. Read your Bible. Study your Bible. And of course, it can be read in many different ways, but... I don't think we should replace it with modern technology if we can use it. Amen. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, the Bible says, And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be a castaway? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me, listen to this, of me, Jesus, and of my words. Do you believe the Bible? Do you believe every word? Do you read every word? Do you believe everything Jesus said? Do you believe it's true? Because if you don't, you got a problem. Whether we understand it or not is another thing, but if you don't believe it, we got a problem. He said, and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his fathers and of the holy angels. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus today. We ask you to move today. We ask you to anoint your word. We ask you, God, to touch us today, that you would 
touch the people that are here, those that are watching through the internet, those that will watch later, by a later time, Lord, we pray that you speak to people, that you deal with people, that you would call out to those, Lord, that you're reaching out to, to come and to follow you, to follow you, Lord, where you are trying to lead us, Lord, to a closer walk with you and to a greater relationship with you, Lord, that we may hear your voice more, that we may follow your voice, that we may be swallowed up in your will and your will alone. Lord, I pray, God, that you would continue to move, Lord, in this church, God, that you touch those people today that are sick, those that are dealing with infirmities. God, you are the God who heals. You are the God. You said, I heal all your diseases, Lord, all those sicknesses, Lord. You said you can put them on and you can take them off. And, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you remove it, God, from your people. And, Lord, that you would protect us, that you would cover us with your blood, that you would keep us, Lord, that you would watch over your church, watch over your people, have your way today, God. Move again in here, move through the Internet, and help us, Lord, to start this new year off following you, listening to your voice and your voice alone. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I tell you, the Lord, last day or two, I've been studying this and reading this, and the Lord's been touching my heart as I read this and been studying to get ready to preach to you. You know, when I preach to you, I always have to let it preach to me because I, I can't, I can't, I got to be able to live what I preach to you to do my best or let God do what God wants to do in me while I'm telling you to let God do what God wants to do in you. And it ain't always easy because we don't change so easy. But I, I don't know about you, but here recently in this, we were just talking about it recently. You know, this past year has been kind of rough for a lot of people. Been kind of rough, hadn't it? 2023, it hadn't been any better. It's gotten worse in a lot of ways. People dealt with sicknesses, financial issues, or relationship issues, marriage issues, job issues, and family issues. And it seems like the devil is trying to use the, the, the government and the perverseness and the crookedness of uh, the system that, you know, that we is in operation in our nation today to try to destroy, you know, the church, destroy Christianity, to try to wipe out every sense of that which is good to be replaced with only negative. And I, I was like, Lord, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the same old, same old. I want a change. Lord, I want to see America change. I want to see our church change. Lord, I want to see a change in my life. I want to see a change, God. And only you can bring about that change, Lord. So we look to you, God. We can't change anything. You can't change yourself. You can't change your spouse. You can't change your boss. The only person you're responsible for seeing change is you. And there's a process by which that change comes about. And it's not because of who we are or what we do. It's all because of who Jesus Christ is and what he's done. And the church has got to understand that. I've been mentioning this lately. The Lord's been bearing down upon me about the message of the cross more and more and more for sanctification, for Christians that are not living the way they're supposed to be living. 
Yeah, they're saved, but they're, that's where they're, they're, that's just about where they're, they're just saved. But there's no joy, there's no peace. It's, it's up one day, down the decks, they're living in misery. There's, this is going on, and that's going on. They're, they're troubled by all the stuff in the world, and they can't have that close, intimate fellowship with the Lord because they're allowing the things of the world to come in and choke out the very life of Jesus. And this is what we all got to guard against. This is why you, we every single day, it can't be a weekly thing. It's got to be a daily thing. We have to attend to our relationship with Jesus, understanding who he really is and just exactly what he's done for us to keep us, to draw us, to change us, and to get us ready for what he wants to do in the days ahead. As I was reading this this week over and over a couple of times, the story really begins, you have to back up to, it says that Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000, I believe it was, hungry men and women and children who had come to follow him. And the Bible said he told his disciples, you know, give them something to eat. They said, where are we going to get anything to give them to eat? We, how, we don't have, what do you mean? You look out at all these people on the hillside and he looks at them and says, you give them something to eat. And they say, we can't feed them. And there's a the truth there because you can't take care of everybody. You can't, but God can. And there's, you know, you know the story. You've heard it. There was a little lad there, a little boy with two, uh, two loaves of uh, fish or whatever it was, two loaves of bread and a little bit of fish. And the Lord made him to sit down. The story is told a little bit different in each gospel, but it's the same story. And the Lord, he looked up to heaven. He gave thanks to God. He began to take what that little boy had and break it and distribute it. He'd give it to his disciples and said, now here, you start giving this to them. And as they did, it began to multiply until thousands of people were fed. I want tell you, if we today would take what little bit of Jesus we have, if we, you church, not just your pastor, you Christian, if you would take the Jesus that God has given and put into your heart and give it to those that are hungry, God will multiply it. It'll spread. People will get saved. People will get fed. People will get healed. It's not just the preacher's job. Jesus, he, they didn't just put it all, Jesus didn't just put it all upon himself. He said, you, my disciples, take this and give this to them. I'm teaching you something. What do you have to give to your co-workers? What do you have to give to some of your family members? What do you have to give? You got the bread of life. And he fed all them. A mighty miracle took place. And then the Bible said that after he fed all them, he got away, went to, got alone by himself. And it said that as he was, as he was alone praying, his disciples were there with him. And so while they were there with him, when he was praying, he asked them this question. He said, who do men say, who are these people, who are these people saying that I am? I know you guys are out there amongst everybody. 
You're amongst the Church of God, the Assemblies of God, the Baptists and the Methodists and the who knows what else. What are these people, what are those people in the denomination saying about me? Not much of anything, really. Some are. He said, what are the people saying about me? I just want you to just tell me from what you're hearing. I already know, but I want to know what you've been hearing. What, who do these people say that I am? And one speaks up and says, well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Others say that you're Elijah. Prophet Elijah, you know, is taken up in a whirlwind, caught up in a chariot, never to die. They say, it's, it's, it's him, he's reappeared in power. And others say, oh, you just, they, well, others say that you're just probably one of the old prophets raised from the dead. This is what they say about you. And then he asked them the question, said, who do you? Say that I am. And specifically, he, he put Peter on the spot. Who do you say that I am? I want to tell you, there's a question for everybody in this building. Who do you say that Jesus is? Well, I believe he's the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross. I believe he was a good man. I believe that he really did come. He really did die. Uh, but that's about it. Who do you say that Jesus is? Because your answer will reveal how you will live. Your answer will reveal whether or not you walk in victory over sin. Whether or not you lay your head down tonight and go to go to sleep with peace and joy in your heart because you know for a fact not because somebody told you, I don't need a movie on TV. I don't need a display. And there's nothing wrong with a good Christian movie if it's good and biblical and it, you know, it really helps you to understand. But I don't need a book to tell me about what Jesus did at Calvary. I got one. I don't need a movie. I don't have to have somebody. I don't need somebody to display it uh, over a string or to tell me about to understand who he is because the thing, the way that we understand the things we understand are not through carnal methods, they're through spiritual means. So for you to understand who Jesus really is, it has to be revealed to you not by Hollywood, it's got to be revealed to you by the Spirit. But if you ain't in tune with the Holy Spirit, you're not receiving. If you're not getting your revelation from this, you're not receiving. If you're getting it from Hollywood, you're going to get a perverted version. And the stuff that the movies that they put out about the, the, the life of Jesus and things, you can watch them. And so much stuff is, is left out or watered down or perverted. I, I tried to watch one last week and I thought, boom, I just turned it off. I said, it's just too messed up. Modernized. Leave words out. Just like a lot of your Bibles today. Your Bible, so-called Bibles, that are perverted. 
change meanings, leave words out. Hell is removed from a lot of your modern day Bible translations. When Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. Hmm. That's your Jesus. Hell's a real place. But that's what, we, that's what the, the, uh, um, society we have today. We don't, we will, we're sensitive. We don't want to hear things that are negative. Let's just blot it out. I'm just positive, 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 positive. <laughs> You're going to hear some negative words if you stand before God rejecting Jesus Christ. Matthew 7, 21. Many, Jesus said, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not do many wonderful works in your name? And he said, I'm sorry, I never knew you. You can depart from me. Doesn't sound very positive, does it? But it's the truth. And this is the Jesus that we serve. Most of the church today don't even know about the Jesus of Matthew chapter 23. They don't even read it. Where he went into a temple. Where he, where he confronted religious people. He took a whip. He drove people out. He called them thieves. Hello? He called them snakes. He called them vipers. He said, you, you look good on the outside. You're good at garnishing tombs. But on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. There's your Jesus church. And it's even worse today. Who is Jesus to you? You gotta know that for yourself. He's, he's got to be your savior. He's got to be your deliverer. He's got to be your Lord. He, this, you, this has got to be personal. You're, you gotta have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't have a relationship with Family Worship Center today. I got a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I wish I could say it makes everybody happy, but it don't make everybody happy. But I ain't interested in making everybody happy. I want God to be happy. And so if I want God to be happy, I gotta understand who His Son is. Embrace Him, believe in Him, trust in Him, and let Him have control of our life. Who do the people say that I am? They said, some say John the Baptist, Elijah. Others say you're one of the old prophets risen again. And He said unto them, but whom say you that I am? Who do you say that I am? Forget about all them out there, the Baptists and the Methodists and all the people we pick on from time to time. What about you, church? Who do you say Jesus is? And Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of God. You are the Christ, the anointed. When you are the Messiah, you are the one that they've been prophesying about for thousands of years. You are the one. I believe that you are the son of the living God. I don't understand it all, 
But something inside tells me that you are the Messiah. You are God's Son. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe that. And I'm going to proclaim it to everybody around me. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm not going to hide it in a corner in front of all my friends and in front of all the other disciples. I'm not ashamed to say that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the one that has come to give His life to save us and to set us free. I believe it. And this this, uh, gospel doesn't reveal all that the other does. Matthew, I think, is a little different detail. Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. You see, that flesh and blood can't reveal this revelation of who Jesus is to you. The preacher can't give it to you. Your family can't give it to you. You got to get it personally. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. He said, but my Father, which is in heaven, <laughs> whoo, He's the one turning the lights on. He's the one that's making this revelation real to you and he's doing it through the Holy Spirit. And Peter had the right answer. With people, everybody likes to pick on Peter. He failed. He's a big mouth. He did this and he did that. But I'll tell you one thing. He had some revelations. He had some understanding. He had, he walked on water. Yeah, he denied Jesus, but he repented. Yep, he was weak in the flesh, but the power of the Holy Ghost got a hold of him after that when he went to the upper room and his whole world got changed. And all of a sudden, things started getting revealed in a greater way because the Spirit of God has to reveal to you who Jesus is. If you're lost today and you don't know God, listen, the Holy Spirit first, before you can come to know the true God has to reveal to you the Son and the reason for why the Son came to give His life on the cross to save us from our sin, to pull us out of darkness. This is what we have to understand. You don't have to be bound by sin. You don't have to be bound by drugs. You don't have to be bound by alcohol. You don't have to be bound by pornography. You don't have to be bound by sin and wickedness and darkness and perversion. Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you and to deliver you from the powers of darkness and to keep you on the straight and narrow. you got to have this revealed to you by the Spirit of God. And after Peter made this declaration, he, the Bible said that he straightly charged them and said, okay, now don't go spreading it around Jerusalem anymore. Don't go to those religious men. Don't go to those people that don't believe in who I am. Don't go to those people that laugh at you, mock at you, make fun of your church, make fun of your religion. Don't go to those people who think you're crazy for following a God you can't see. Don't go, don't go, because all you're going to do, you're not going to make 
things better. All you'll do is agitate them. They don't want me. They don't care about me. You'll be wasting your time with some religious people. Rather, go to people that are hurting. Go to those that are broken. Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Go to the homeless. Go to the helpless. Go to those that are sick. Go to those that need deliverance from the powers of darkness and preach the gospel to them. He commanded them, don't tell any man what we've discussed here. Don't go telling them. Don't, in other words, not, not don't tell lost people. Don't go tell the religious leaders because they don't want me. They want their religion. They want their laws, their rules, their regulations and not eating pork and not doing this and not doing that. They want their man-made rules. They don't want a relationship with the king. It's sad, you know, it's sad, ain't it, that people that you know could have their whole world changed by simply accepting Jesus Christ and letting him come in to their heart, but yet they had rather have legalism, law. Well, I don't do this, and I don't do that, and I'm a good person. But the whole while, they're in misery, they're living in darkness, they're living in sin, and they think they don't need what you have. No, they don't want what you have. Because, listen, here's why. When the light shows up, <laughs> the darkness gets exposed. And see, there's, either, there's two reactions when darkness gets exposed. We either, oh, God, have mercy on me, change my heart, change my life, or it's get away. That's the purpose of the gospel, to shine the light in the darkness. And John said men love their evil deeds. They love their evil deeds. And that's why when the light shows up, men become angry. They don't want to hear that they're lost. They don't want to hear that they're helpless. They don't, a man's, man's problem is pride. Well, who do you think you are? I got my life all together. Everything's going good for me. I don't have this issue and I don't have that issue and I, and I don't do what he does and I haven't murdered anybody and I haven't killed, you know, I haven't mistreated. I don't lie and steal and cheat. I, I'm a good person. Mm. Good people on their way to hell. Lost without Jesus. Because of not accepting Jesus Christ, believing in who he is to save and to change them. Some of you watching me right now, you've been watching for a little while. I feel it. You've been kind of, hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about what you're saying, preacher. been thinking about it. I don't know if I, I don't know. I, let me tell you something. You're going to stand before God one day and you're going to give an account for everything you've heard me preach because you've heard it now. You've been exposed to the truth. And if this is the only means by which God has been using to give you the truth, you're going to be judged on it. 
Whether or not you take the gospel, you let Jesus come into your heart and change you or you be cast into outer darkness where you will live tormented forever and ever. Hell's a real place, church. I believe hell is real. I believe hell was real before I got saved. I believed it. I felt it. I knew it. I heard about it. And I knew if I died in my sin that that's where I would go. But today people don't even seem to think hell is even a real place. Lollygagging around, think they're going to just poof and go away and no more. No, there's a heaven and there's a hell. There's a place of comfort and there's a place of torment. And it'll be based on whether or not you accept or reject Jesus Christ. You've got to understand who he is and what he came to do. And so he told them, don't go and tell anybody else. Just leave the religious people alone. They don't want me. And this is what he said. He said, I want to read some of these verses. In verse 22, he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. Now, after they just, Peter just revealed this great revelation of who Jesus is, now Jesus goes a little bit further with explaining, giving them some detail about what it is. I believe that Peter just confessed. He said, this The Son of Man must suffer many things. I'm going to suffer. The cross is a place of suffering. I must suffer many things. And he said, I will be rejected of who? The elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and I'm going to be slain. Doesn't sound like a positive message. I'm going to be killed. Who wants to jump up and follow somebody that says, I'm about to be crucified? Want to go with me? Want to see the blood? Want to see the torture? Want to watch the torment? But you see, this is the whole purpose for why he came. This was no accident. This is no incident. This is God's plan. This is God's plan. He said, I must, this is going to happen, and I'll be slain, and on the third day, I'll be raised again on the third. Boy, that's a good message. Yeah, they're going to reject me. They're going to crucify me. They're going to mock me. Some of you, you're going to be scattered. You're going to be scared. You're going to run. You're going to hide. And they're going to put me in a tomb. But don't you worry because three days later, I'm coming up out of the grave because this is God's plan. God sent me. Praise God. And I'm coming. And I'm going to lay down my life. Let them reject me. Let them mock me. Let them scoff at me. And let them crucify me. But on the third day, the power of God is coming and I'm coming up out of the ground and I'm doing every bit of it for every one of you right here. Praise God. Imagine doing something that caused so much pain and you're excited about doing it. The only thing that excited him about doing it was you're looking at him. Paul said, who for the joy that was before him endured the cross I think that joy was us 
Because even if it had been one, it would have been worth it to him. But you know what? Been a whole lot more than one. Cleansed by the blood down through. There have been millions washed in the blood, saved from the powers of darkness, set free from the power of sin today. And I'm going to tell you, it still has reaching effects. It's going to be working on New Year's. It's going to be working the day after, the week after, the year after. This, 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 what Jesus did on the cross works through eternity. Ain't it something that 2,000 years ago, a man gave himself on a cross. He shed his blood. He sacrificed himself And 2,000 years later 24 years ago A little wild, manded, drunk Messed up human being And a woman that was bound by the devil The power of the cross Reached down to us Praise God And brought us out of the devil's den Brought us out of sin Broke the power of the devil Because the power still will And it's for you watching today. You in this building, if you're bound by something, the power's real. He can do what all the AAs can't do. What all the psychologists can't do, Jesus. One touch by the power of God can change your whole world. I'm telling you, he can liberate you from the most powerful or whatever you think. You think, you think, man, I ain't no way I'll ever get out of this bondage. I got chains on me. Preacher, you don't understand. I'm telling you, I serve a chain breaker today. I got a chain breaking God and he still got power. The power of the blood still sets men free. I said the power of the blood is real today and he can free you. And I'm going to preach it till the day I die. Whether religious people like it or not, the scoffers and the cell group promoters and the program promoters and the two steps and the three steps and the ten steps and the twelve steps, away with your steps. You don't, God don't need your steps. He's got a plan. But you got to understand who his son is and what he came to do on the cross because he didn't die just to save you, he died to free you. I got any free people in the house this morning? Anybody free in here this morning? <laughs> you know from experience. I mean, not because I'm saying it, because you've experienced it yourself. You've seen things that you know you couldn't shake off of your life, but the Holy Ghost got rid of it. Come on, somebody. You better know the power of God is real. And I'm going to tell you, I'm glad today I believe in the power. People still look at you sometimes like you're crazy when you preach stuff like this. What, what, he's nuts. What's he? You, you, People want something that they can see. You see, what I believe, I can see. But I can see it in the Spirit, praise God. I see the blood. I see what Jesus did. And it didn't, He didn't do it just to save me, to put me on a church view. He did it to free me from the power of the devil and you too. And you gotta understand that. Most of your churches ran it if they even preach about Jesus. You won't hear anything like this. They don't talk about sin. They don't talk about drinking alcohol, doing drugs and perversion and sex outside of marriage. They don't talk about this stuff. But Jesus talked about it. (laughs) The Bible talks about it. 
And that's the reason he came, to free people, to free us. Whatever you're bound by, he can set you free from it. And he can do it in an instant. And maybe, maybe it won't happen in an instant. Maybe for like it did has for some of us, even down through the years, after we got saved and a lot of things, the, you know, what, the big things we looked at that did drop off, that we saw that were destroying us, they did drop off, they did leave, they did get broken, but there were other things that were left that we had to learn how to walk through, work out, understand more and more about this sanctification process and who, who we put our trust in, what we put our trust in. And then as we learn that, more things start dropping off. More things start changing. He said, I'm going to be raised on the third day. He was telling them, listen, fellas, here's the plan. Here's what's coming. I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be mocked by the chief priests, by the elders, these Pharisees. They don't want me. But don't fear because this is the whole reason why I came. They're going to crucify me. They're going to kill me. But don't worry because three days I'm coming up from the dead. After the third day, I'm going to rise again. <laughs> and then and now after he tells them this, here's where he gets into a more personal detail with them about their relationship with him. Here's what I come to preach this morning. He said unto them all, if any man... Okay, now that you understand all the other stuff, let's make it personal. He's saying unto us all today, Thomas Clymer, you, you watching through the camera, if any man come after me, come after me, not come after the church, not come after the family, Come after me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now here's where the rubber starts meeting the road. Because you know what we got? We got too many Christians just following Jesus on Sunday. But he said, daily. (laughs) This is why, you know, there's not one of us in this building, not one of us who cannot get out of God's will, go astray, go in a direction we shouldn't go in if we don't do what he's commanded us to do. Daily. Number one, what we have to do, let me, let me, I want to explain some of these words. If any man will come after me, this tells us about the focus also of our faith. To come after means to go with, to go with. It injuncts implying a motion from a place or a person to another to go toward. Are you going toward Jesus or away 
Are you following after a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ alone? Are you going toward him? Is your focus on you and him or is your focus on something else? He wants all of us. If any man will come after me, the word after means a looking back. It shows the extremity or the end of a thing. Speaking of a place and a time, I was reading that, I thought about what he just said in the verses before this when he said that the Son of Man is going to be slain, I'm going to be crucified, and I'm going to be raised again on the third day. It almost sounds to me like he's trying to take us back to that. To get us to understand, this is where relationship begins. At Calvary, through the blood, through the sacrifice, you can't get away from the sacrifice, church. You can't, you got to understand that everything you have as a Christian, it comes by grace and faith. Not because of who you are or what you do. It's all because of what He's already done. And look, that's the place you got to keep going to. Every day. No, you don't have to say cross every day, but every day. It's a, I, Lord, I submit my heart to you today. My life is not mine. I trust in you today, Lord. You're still the Lord of my life. I still believe that you died on the cross to keep me free from the power of sin. Lord, help me to stay there. Come after me, he says. If any man will come after me, let him what? Deny himself. Oh. We got too many people in love with self. (laughs) You know what too many of us do? We're trying to save self. We're trying to preserve life. We're trying to preserve our life. Well, I love Jesus, but I'm going to do it my way too. Ain't going to work. It's not going to work because you're going. If you got divided faith, look, the Lord has some. God has so much more for us Christians than you can ever imagine. He got so much more for some of you. The devil's trying to beat some of you down. He's trying to put your mind in the gutter. He's trying to make you think you're always going to be the way you've been. You're always going to be a victim of of this certain... Let me tell you something. The devil is a liar, my friend. If you get you a good look at Calvary and get a good look at what Jesus went through and endured to save your old garbage of a mess, come on, somebody. You start learning how to say, praise the Lord. I ain't no way I'd be here today if it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. You got to get your focus on Him. And then you got to keep it there. <laughs> because Satan, that's what he wants to distract God's people. It don't matter what the distraction is. Here's one I've been seeing lately. He's got Christians fault finding with others. He's got Christians that ain't where they need to be with the Lord pointing out everything about everybody else. And they're not even right where they need to be with the Lord. And they're focused on how this one's a hypocrite and that one's a hypocrite and this one ain't doing right and that ain't. And the devil's got them right where he wants them. Because it don't matter what... 
You make somebody else the focus of your faith and what they are, what they should be, or what they ain't. You have fallen into the trick of Satan. You have got your eyes on somebody else and you are going to fail. And you'll fall into that group. Well, I ain't going back to that church hypocrites over there. I ain't. Well, you better not go to work then. Because I know good and well there's some on your job. You better not go to any more family functions. Come on, somebody. The devil's good at getting people picking out stuff. Well, I, look, you got to get over people. People are going to do stuff. You can't hold stuff against them. You got to let it go. Get your focus off of them and on to him. And then you'll learn how to have a little more mercy on the hypocrite. Even the hypocrites need mercy. You don't know what they did to me. That's their last chance with me. You better be glad God didn't give you a last chance. That's the last chance with you. Last time with you. And I do believe there's some... Say, I, he, he does it. I do think sometimes he said, that's the last chance you'll come... Uh, because he knows what people are going to do. You don't. You better remember that because you ain't God. Remember that. There's a difference between you and God. You don't know everything he does. <laughs> Forgiveness. Jesus said, forgive and you can be forgiven. If you don't forgive, God don't forgive you. That puts you in a dangerous place. Forgive. Some of you watching through the internet, forgive them. Let them go. Well, they're two-faced. Well, maybe they are. But look in the mirror at your face. What's your face saying right now? He's on. He's out of that. What's your face saying? You gotta learn how to deal with the hypocrites. You gotta learn how to deal with people that are two-faced because there are people like that. I've seen them for many years. Went to bat and went to camp meeting too many years. And seen people that uh, smile right in front of your face. Hey, how you doing? And then cut you up and lie on you and tear your character up when you walk out of the building. And just had to keep on going back every year and knowing they're going to be there. Say, praise the Lord, I'm going anyway. I don't care what they're doing. Let them talk. Let them say what they want to say. I didn't come here for them. I come here to get touched by God. Come on, somebody. I don't go down there to to see who's there. I'm going to get touched by God. I'm going to hear the word of God. That's what you and I got to remember, church. You can't come to church with your eyes on people. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Satan, he's good at what he does. You have to give him credit. He is good. But we let him do it. He wouldn't be good if we didn't let him. If any man will come out to me, let him deny himself. This means you have to reject your own way of trying to live for God. You can't do it. You can't change yourself. You can't fix the past. You can't change the future, but Jesus Christ can. Deny yourself. Deny your own way of trying to, to do things. You got to put it to the side and say, Lord Jesus, I trust you to bring the changes that I need in my heart and in my life. 
deny himself. The word deny means to refuse. <laughs> you got to refuse yourself. Boy, talk about a battle. Meaning to disown, to renounce self, and to subjugate all the works and interests and enjoyments. Everything about your life has to be thrown off to the side and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And then when we do that, whatever his will is, we become content with it. We become, we be, we're happy about being in the will of God, even though it may be hard at times. We're still excited about it because He's the one that's leading us there. He's the one that put you on that job. He's the one that gave you what you have. And just make your life all about Him and everything else will fall into place. You'll get more enjoyment in the bass boat when your life's all concerned with Him. There's more enjoyment when you're out taking a ride on your motorcycle. When your life's all about Jesus, there's more enjoyment about doing the things that God gives His people to enjoy. It's more enjoyable when it's all about Him. You know, the Scripture says God gives His people at times good things to enjoy. Not worship, enjoy. Solomon. Richest man that ever lived, wasn't he? How did he get what he got? Well, he started by saying, Lord, I don't care about stuff. I just want wisdom and knowledge to be able to understand how to deal with your people, how to rule, how to reign. And the Lord said, because you didn't ask me for the wealth, you didn't ask me for money, you didn't ask every day for money, You didn't ask me for this because you didn't and your heart is right. I'm going to give you some of the other stuff. You mean you you don't think that God will still do that with his children today? He will. But he's got to trust you. He's got to strengthen you. He's got to get you to the place where you can handle the money. Handle the big house. Handle another what? Handle it. You don't put it before him. And when we when we get the relationship right, he says, Come after me. That's relationship. Deny yourself. Reject yourself. Don't try to change yourself. Don't try to fix your past. You can't do it. Don't try to fix your husband because you can't. Don't try to fix your wife. You can't. Don't try to fix your kids. You can't. Spank them, yeah. <laughs> Discipline them, yeah. But you can't change the inward being. Only the Lord can. Pray for them. Put them in God's hands. Take. Here's what I've learned down through the years, still learning it, because I've had it happen to me at times. I know she has too. There's been times I've been saying, Lord, you need to do something about her. I know none of y'all ever done that, right? Lord, I don't like the way she's acting about something. She needs to change. And every time I ever did, the Lord kind of pulled me up short and said, no, yeah, okay. You might be right, but you need to stop. You let me have you. 
Come on, you let me have you. I remember one specific time, it was years ago, I was going on and on about, she needs to stop this. Lord, you need to change her. You got to, and the Lord said, stop. He said, you let me take care of you, and I'll take care of her. And God is my witness. I just let go. I let go, and I just, I don't even know what it was. I just quit. And I don't know how long it was, weeks, months, something went by, and all of a sudden, everything just changed. And even the thing I was complaining about her had changed. But God was changing me too. My feelings about how I feel about somebody, I feel about a situation. You better be careful about your feelings. Them emotions, boy, can get in the way of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> boy, those, those, you know, you heard that saying, yeah, squash it. <laughs> boy, those feelings, if they're not squashed, when things happen in relationships, how many times does a husband or wife, those feelings, something says, something's done, somebody gets mad and, and angry and one word comes out or something said and it's something that's damaging, it hurts and, and, and you can't get it out of your mind and you go on and on and on and on thinking about it until you go to bed. You can't quit thinking about it. You get up, it's on your mind. I can't believe they did that. I can't, I'm, I'm mad. I go to work. I'm upset. And the devil uses it to try to oppress God's people. Because of feelings. And look, saying things to people wrong, it is wrong. You shouldn't talk nasty to people. You shouldn't. You shouldn't ridicule people, shouldn't run people down, shouldn't demean them. But it happens. And even then, you have to forgive people. And let those feelings and emotions be squashed by the power of God. And say, Lord, I understand this is a human being. And I'm capable of the same exact thing. So I ask you to help this person and help me to let it go. Because if you don't let it go, it's not going to get better. God's people need to learn to let stuff go. Let the past go. You can't change it. But Jesus can fix you. He can fix you. I know from personal experience. I have to tell my own personal experience from time to time because it's all I can tell you. My wife knows. Some of you know. Look, I grew up in a home where God was nowhere involved in the family. It was nothing but filth. It was nothing but alcohol, nothing but nasty talk, nothing but nudity, violence, anger. And I grew up in that. I was affected by things. Things happened to me, not there, but even by, by others at times. Things that I shouldn't have been near. I shouldn't have been involved in. The devil would try to use it to destroy you as a child. And my father died when I was 13 years old. He died right in front of me of a heart attack. I watched him die. It did something to me. It hardened me. It made me angry. My mother and dad divorced when I was six or seven years old, fighting, fussing, cussing. I mean, it's just back and forth. I, all I know is a devil's den. Trauma by this, trauma by that, seeing things my daddy did, pulling guns, nearly shooting people, knocking people out of a chair, slapping, I mean, seeing things that kids shouldn't be exposed to. And you wonder where we got some anger from. <laughs> my 
My daddy used to scare me. Not he, he didn't scare me in the fact that I was scared he would kill me or beat me to death. Not that because he loved us. I knew he loved us because he, he even though he was a hard-hearted old man, he had a sensitive spot for his little two little boys. I knew that. But he wasn't playing when he if he pulled a gun out. And I'm, I'm telling you, I, I feared that somebody was going to die. If he, if he got mad or got angry, I knew something, I, something was not going to be good. And he sold whiskey right out of that two bedroom mobile home we lived in for those years. And all the drunks would come down every weekend, drive in straight and drive out drunk. Some of them run off in the ditch. Who knows how many of them had wrecks? Who knows how many of them went home and beat their wives? Who knows how many of them abused their children? Who knows the damage that was done? I grew up in that household. It affected me. And the greatest thing that affected me was watching him die in front of me. And I carried that with me for a long time. That's where a lot of that anger was stemming from. I was really mad at God, although I wouldn't say it. But I want, here's what I want to get you to. When I got saved, at 30 years of age, a lot of stuff changed in my life. I got set free from alcohol. I got set free from Chewing tobacco, cigarettes, the nasty talk began to leave. But you know, I was still carrying that pain from my childhood, from my past, from my dad. And Satan was trying to wear me out with it. Because now that I'm saved, all I I could get off my mind, my father, did he go to hell? He was a mean man. He did this, that, whatever. And Satan was trying to wear me out with it. And I'd, I'd find myself having these flashbacks from time to time and having that pity party about singing about my daddy. I used to get in my little Ford Fiesta in the 1980s to get me a quart of beer and pop me in a Hank Williams cassette tape and ride around town singing with Hank, singing the blues, thinking about my family, thinking about my daddy died, thinking about the the girl, thinking about this, and all the oppression would come. And I'd always be worse than when I started. And that same stuff was trying to hit my mind when I got saved. Satan tried to use it to oppress me until one day I said, Lord, I don't want this. I don't want to live like this. And I was back and forth. Did my daddy go to hell? Did he make it to heaven? This and this and this. And one day I said, Lord, I'm done with this. I can't do this. Lord, I said, I'm giving all this to you. And wherever he is, it's okay. It don't matter because I'm saved. My heart is right with you, and I'm giving all this to you. And the Lord, Lord, I remember the Lord speaking to me, telling me something. I don't remember word for word, but he said, I'll be a father to you that your daddy can never be. 
And I just fell so in love with that and the Lord and getting wrapped up in his presence, feeling his touch, feeling his power, feeling his loving arms through the Holy Spirit wrap around me saying, I'm all you need. And I can tell you today, I don't know when it happened. It left. All the memories, the trauma, Let's talk about trauma. I know somebody can fix your trauma. He can do it, church. And he took all that pain. Do I still remember things? Yeah, the mind, but the pain is gone. I don't sit around weeping and moaning over daddy anymore. I don't have to. I don't sit around moping over the past. The past is under the blood. It's washed away. And the devil is not going to hold it over my head because I got a great high priest today who has interceded and gone into the heavens, praise God. And the power of his spirit is so real. Look, he can touch you. He can change you. He can take away the trauma from your life and he can do something that the world could never do for you. Deny himself. You going to follow Jesus? Do you want to follow Jesus? Are you going to deny your own way? Are you going to go through the cross alone? If any man will come after me, let him take up his cross. That, that's done by faith. No, don't go out here and build you a wooden cross and throw it over your back and walk around town and say, I'm bearing my cross because that's not what that means. Taking up the cross means you understand what he did for you. You put it into action by faith into your life. And praise God, you'll reap the benefits of it. And follow me. Follow. Not lead, follow. <laughs> follow him. Where The song, where he leads me, I will follow. Will you... Follow where he's leading you. Where is he leading you? He's number one leading you to Calvary where you can have a relationship with him. Then you can start finding his will for your life. He said, for whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me, Paul said. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Follow me. If you try to save your life, here's what it simply means. If you try to live this life any other way than through what Jesus Christ did for you, you'll lose it because he's the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. Miss Grace, would you come? I'm going to stop right now. I'm not going any further. I don't feel like I need to. I want everyone to stand. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. I want to ask you the question today. I feel like God's dealing with people in here today, people through that internet. You're not where you need to be. But I want to tell you, the Lord loves you. And I don't care what your life's like. Jesus Christ can change it. If you're here this morning and your life is not right, you're not where you're supposed to be with God, and you say, Preacher, I need to get my heart right with the Lord. 
I want you to slip your hand up. I'm going to tell you, God loves you. And I don't care how much of a mess you've made, Jesus can fix it, my friend. He can change your life. He can turn it around. If you're lost today and you're here, I want you to slip your hand up and say, I want you to pray with me, preacher. I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm dying inside. I'm losing. I'm, I'm, I'm just about gone. I need help. I'm going to tell you today, Jesus Christ is calling out to you. He's reaching to you. Will you open your heart today? Will you respond to Him in faith today? Will you let Him save you? Will you let Him change you right where you are? If that's you, I'm going to tell you, He's calling out to you. He's telling you, come and follow me. He loves you. I'm going to say it one more time. I feel it. If you're here today and you're not right with God, God is calling you. The Spirit of God is knocking on your door. He says, come. And open that door up and let me come in. And then I'll change. I'll bring a change in your life. I'll sweep your house out. Praise God. If that's you, I want you to slip your hand up. Listen, if there's anybody else in this place today, I want to go in this direction now. You got pain. There's trauma. There's issues. You've heard the answer today. In 2024, maybe this is what the Lord is telling you. He wants you to come closer. He wants you to follow Him. He wants you to put everything else to the side, deny yourself, and follow Him. If that's you this morning, you want to come closer to the Lord. You want to let the Lord do some changing in your life. I want you to come. Lord, this altar's up here. This is what they're for, a place of prayer. If that's you today, and you want to come closer. And you say, Lord, I need you to do things in my heart, do things in my life. I'm coming to this altar. I'm laying some things down. I'm surrendering my life today. Jesus said, come and follow him. If that's you, come today if you need a touch. I believe God is speaking to people's hearts. If there's pain, if there's problems and trouble, that you can't get over. This is for you today. Jesus wants to heal you. <laughs> he wants to heal you. He wants to make a testimony out of you. He wants to move by the power of His Spirit in your life today. Come and lay it down and give it to Him. Just go on and admit to Him, Lord, I can't change myself. I can't fix myself. I can't change the past. Lord, I surrender it to you in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, just begin to praise him. Right where you are, just open your heart up and say, God, I need you. I need your help today. I can't do this on my own. Amazing grace is what we need. Praise God. I feel like the Lord wants to set somebody free today. He wants to liberate somebody. He wants to take your pain away. He wants to wash it all away and give you a brand new start today. Will you open up and let him have his way today? He can make all things new. From this day forward, he can change everything. Come on, just begin to worship him, church.
change in our church bring a change in america amen bring the power of your spirit amen god bless you good to see everybody this morning come back tonight as i said my wife is going to be ministering and you don't want to miss it if you can be here. we hope you were blessed by the live service from family worship center in athens tennessee our weekly services are sunday at 10:30 a.m sunday at 5:30 p.m and wednesday evening at 6:30 p.m just live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423 744-0774.